Good morning. Good to see you. There are no words in any human language to express how enormous the love of God is for us on a daily basis. Even while we are asleep, God gives us his undivided attention. He keeps the heart beating and the lungs functioning and he keeps the blood flowing through our veins even while we are unconscious and for that reason we do not hesitate to shout to the top of the voice of the soul and a sound that can penetrate the entire universe expressing the joy, the gratitude that we have for the goodness of God. It does not matter how ugly things may appear to be around us. We are confident of the fact that the God who made this world has the power to humble it to its knees to where one day every tongue shall exalt the name of Christ. But we who are Christians, followers of that Jesus who lived over 2,000 years ago on this planet, we are not going to wait until we have to be forced to humble ourselves to call upon his mighty name. We do it now and we do it joyfully because we know that it is because of him that we live and we move and we have our very being. I want to thank my brother Brian for inviting me to be with you today. And uh, I am between here, Abilene, and Kansas City somewhere. Last Sunday, I was speaking in Manchester, Connecticut, and we had driven there by car. Well, I rode, (laughs) and others drove. Uh, But I'm grateful to uh, be here with you today and in the company of my dear friend, uh, Brother Brian. I want to speak to you today from the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. And I'd like for us to give our attention specifically uh, to verses 15 through 17. Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. Reading from the New, New International Version, Let the peace of Christ Rule in your hearts, since as members of one body 
you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We are called to peace. Today, we sit immobilized amid a dangerous historical intersection. The nation must choose the direction it intends to travel. Taking a fearful U-turn towards a nostalgic past, a past that can never be replicated in the present, is not a healthy option. Taking a loose, a loose left onto the broad way of bigotry, back down the mean memory lane of racial hostility, is not a healthy option. Taking a rigid right onto the rocky road of resisting love's arresting power is not a healthy option. Being morally neutral amid the oncoming traffic of human history is not a healthy option. We must bravely face the terrible tensions of our turbulent times. The nation is aimlessly adrift upon the raging sea of bitter hostility. Battleships of hatred are tossed about upon the ocean of rage like paper cups blown about in a violent storm. The undertow of political seduction is pulling people further down into the depth of racial division and chaos, making it difficult for America's racial lungs to breathe the oxygen of faith hope and love. In this historic moment, the churches of Christ must assertively remind our fellow citizens that the only remedy for today's social ills is not simply the love of God, but the love of God as we see him existing in our neighbor. We must speak this truth with crystal clear clarity and to an historic hour that is pregnant with the Siamese twins of fear and violence. We must encourage our fellow citizens to wean themselves from the sour breast milk of racial animosity. In Colossians 3.15, Paul says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts in all wisdom, sing with grace in your heart unto the Lord. America needs to hear the church sing a new song. America's temper has been set ablaze by lying lyrics of extremism. America's heart has become an overflowing toxic river that's flooding cities and hamlets across the country with the muddy waters of bitter bigotry. 
If America's heart is left untreated, America will suffer a heart attack, resulting in its own national fatality. Her external and domestic enemies will be found sitting patiently in the waiting room, ready to cheer the bad news of our nation's self-inflicted demise. Today, America's multiracial society is hanging by a fragile thread over an open inferno of tribal hostilities. Many are quietly readying themselves with the weapons of heavily armed domestic warfare. Hostile conversations fly over the open airwaves and social media like warplanes dropping toxic payloads upon their targeted cities. Unless God's spirit uses the church to diffuse the hatred in the hearts of our fellow citizens, there will be no hope for a shared future in this country. It is important to continue inviting people in our country into the way of peace. He tells the Colossians to let the peace of Christ rule in their hearts. Paul implies that peace is a choice. The peace of Christ is not invasive. The peace of Christ is not overbearing. The peace of Christ is not forceful. The peace of Christ enters the heart through invitation only. Violence, on the other hand, is disrespectful. It seeks to barge in without invitation. Violence does not comply with any restraining orders. Violence and hatred are partners in crime. They creatively use Facebook, Instagram, Twitter to exploit the nation's underlying conditions of political and racial division. Practicing the peace of Christ is the most effective strategy that Christians have that can disrupt programs of violence that are being privately planned for future public disorder. The Colossians are reminded that they have been called to peace. The Prince of Peace has not called us to a political civil war in a nation already torn by severe strife. He has called us to peace. The Prince of Peace has not called us to kill one another in competition over resources. He has called us to peace. The Prince of Peace has not called us to endorse the politics of division that turn neighbor against neighbor. He has called us to peace. The Prince of Peace has not called us to participate in the anxious promotion of fear. He has called us to peace. Those called to peace are clothed with the spiritual wardrobe consisting of the garments of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Over these Christian virtues, they put on the overcoat of love, which binds together all the spiritual characteristics in perfect unity. The peace of Christ, ruling in human hearts, is the only thing that can cause people of different backgrounds to live in harmony with one another. 
only the word of Christ dwelling in us richly can enable us to teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. The peace of Christ destroys the egotistical need to defeat others at all costs. The peace of Christ enables us to listen to one another without a need to dominate one another. The peace of Christ makes us wise, prudent, and gracious in our talk. The peace of Christ empowers us to use words that build others up rather than to use words that tear others down. Paul says that when the peace of Christ rules in our hearts, even our singing will contain the wisdom of Christ. What kind of music are Christians making in our nation today? Are we singing songs of civil peace or are we joining in the singing of songs of civil war? What Christian songs are at the top of the music charts in the country's public square? Are we known more for singing the praises of our chosen political saviors than we are for singing the praises of Jesus, the Savior of the world? Are our songs filled with the lyrics of faith, hope, and love? Or are they filled with the lyrics of rage, fear, resentment, and retaliation? Is our racial chorus inclusive enough to provide space for anyone to lead a solo regardless of their race? Let it not be said that the only one type of voice that can sing in our racial chorus is the voice that sounds like our own. Let the singing of our racial chorus be filled with the peace that derives from grace so that we can sing the song of God's amazing grace all across America. Let us sing a song of sweet thanksgiving so loud that we drown out the raspy voice of Lucifer and the entertaining music that accompanies his Luciferic lies. Let us sing a song of hopeful happiness that drowns out the quartet of bitterness, rage, malice, and violence. Let us sing a song of undying love that shall endure throughout all eternity. Let us learn to, to sing as the background singers so that Jesus can sing as the main soloist in the song of salvation. Let us sing a song that is not led by Prince the artist, but a song that is led by Christ who is the Prince of Peace. Let Jesus sing. When Jesus sings, the rejected are accepted and the downcast are lifted. When Jesus sings, let Jesus sing. Let Jesus sing. When Jesus sings, people long despised are affirmed and embraced in the loving arms of peace. Let Jesus sing. When Jesus sings, men and women mastered by misery and depressed by despair will hear the melodious singing voice of the Prince of Peace and will have their strength renewed. Let Jesus sing. When Jesus sings, little children trapped in the urban ghettos 
and trapped in the rural trailer parks will have their bright eyes filled with hope as they hear the voice of the divine soloist singing to them of a better future that is absent of the stale bread of poverty. Let Jesus sing. When Jesus sings, the whole world lights up. Let us sing with Jesus until our voices become hoarse and our bodies fade away into the soil of the earth. Let us sing with Jesus. Let us sing with Jesus until the wholeness of his creation joins in that eternal song of peace about a place where we won't have to study war no more. Let us sing with Jesus until the sword shall have been will have become plowshares and the spears shall have become pruning hooks. Let us sing with Jesus. Joel chapter 3 and verse 10 says, He shall judge between many peoples and shall arbitrate between strong nations far away. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation and neither shall they learn war anymore. We won't have to learn war no more. We won't have to endure violence anymore. We won't have to witness brutality anymore. We won't have to endure the negative seasons of bitter election cycles no more. Help me, hallelujah. We will not have to worry about dying anymore. We won't have to worry about trying to win over others or being defeated by others anymore. All of that will have been put to rest so that we may begin our eternal rest in God. I just want to encourage you this morning, no matter how disturbing the external circumstances may appear to be, God is still the ruler and the super ruler of the entire universe. It does not matter what human beings say. What matters is God already has the final word and we need to live within the reality of what God says about the final word. Satan does not have the final word. This world belongs to our father not only the cattle on a thousand hills, but all the hills that the cattle own. Help me, somebody. If you are here today and you're being drawn into the negative conversations that are taking place in our world, you need to remember that you've been called to a higher standard. This world is not our home. We are just passing through. Don't get caught up into the attachments of whatever political fights that are going on in our nation today. You are better than a Republican. You are better than a Democrat. You are better than any political description you may have. You are a Christian. And let me slow that down. You are a Christian. In other words, Christ is in you. And he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. You are more than a Republican. You are more than a Democrat. You are a Christian. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to run for any political offices because you have been planted in heavenly places. You don't have to worry about what the opinion polls say. God has already given you his affirmation. 
You don't have to look around to other people to like you and to know if they're going to vote for you. The only vote that matters most has already been cast in your favor and that is the vote of God when he gave his only begotten son to die on that cross on Calvary because he loved you so much. And it is in that conviction that we stand here today to say that because of the Christ who dwells in it within us, he makes us to know peace that surpasseth all understanding. And because we know that peace, we can then be peacemakers. And that is our calling in this world of conflict and confusion, that we are called to be peacemakers. And the peace that we make today will be the peace that our children and grandchildren will inherit on tomorrow. If we become blind by rage, if we become filled with competition to the point to where we're willing to fight at all cost or to put forth an effort to win at all cost, we will leave a wounded world for our children and grandchildren to, to inherit. I don't want to leave the world worse than it was when I got here. I want to do everything in the power that God gives to me to make the world just a little better because he sent his son to die for the world and God still is in love with this world. So wherever you go, make sure that you are a peacemaker and not a peacebreaker. If you hear any voice that is not the voice of the chief shepherd, tune it out and listen to the voice of the one who is the prince of peace because he knows the way home. As he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So as I leave you today, I want to again encourage you. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Keep your ears tuned into him. Make sure that your heart is fixated on him. Don't get distracted by the temporary happenings in a temporary world. You are not going to be in this place forever. I was 20 years old just a few years ago. And time slipped up on me so fast. I looked in the mirror and I said, who in the world is that? You know. But I'm glad to say that what I saw in the mirror was not really me. The real me does not age. That internal spiritual part of my existence does not age and that indwelling presence of the almighty God through Jesus and his Holy Spirit that's what we have to remain attached to and connected to not this thing not what this thing is wrapped in because one day all of us are going to be skeletal remains and I've never all of the days I've gone to the cemetery I've never heard skeletons arguing over who is the greatest 
And you know skeletons don't even have skin. But so much of our time is wrapped up in putting worth into our skin that won't even be able to outlast the graveyard. Don't get attached to your skin. I don't care how pretty or handsome it is now. Young folks, you're looking at your future. Amen. These physical bodies, they are, they are not going to be here forever. They go through changes. Amen. Now, some folks, a few years ago, were looking like a Coca-Cola bottle. But they've transformed into a Dunkin' Donut. But we don't despair because that's not the person. That's the car that the person is riding in. Your body is just a car. It's just a vehicle. It's just a carriage. And one day you'll have to turn it back in. Matter of fact, it's not your car. It's a rental. And you got to turn it back in to the owner. And so don't get attached to the physical outward stuff because it is fading walk in eternity now because you have the one who is eternal living in you and every early morning that you are blessed to wake up and open your eyes and to draw in air into your lungs find some quiet place to be still and to become totally aware that you are the house in which the living, pulsating, breathing life of the almighty God is living through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. Because of that, you are divine property. You have something that is great happening in you. Connect to it early in the day. Walk with it throughout the day. And be mindful of it as you retire in the evening and to go into your sleep at night. Know that you are one with the one who is eternal that death shall never see. And because he is eternal and you are one with him, you do not have to live in the fear of death or dying anymore. Because he that is in you shall never die. There is no grave deep enough wide enough that can hold God and you have all of that in you and there is nothing in this world that we need to fight over because God is everything and if God is in you tell me what more could you crave for or run after or desire he is everything and you got him and he has you and this is why Jesus is saying I am one with you father and you're one with me and I want them to be one with you and one with me walk in that reality and when you know that when you know that you will always know that God is working in you and working through you. There are no retired saints in the kingdom of God. There are no unemployed saints in the kingdom of God. God is always working in you and God is always working through you. And I tell people I want him to work through me until he use me all up. 
because one day I am going to retire and will never have to feel tired no more. Amen. And there is a retirement home behind a gated community, a gate to the east, a gate to the west, a gate to the north, a gate to the south. It's in a city where God is the mayor, Jesus is the mayor pro tem, the Holy Spirit is the city manager, and the 12 apostles sit on the city council. In that city where we're traveling, let us keep our eyes fixed on that city. And the good news is that one day we won't have to study war no more because we will be home with him. Well, I'm going to lay down my burdens down by the riverside. Down by, down by the riverside. Down by, down by the riverside. I'm gonna lay down my burdens. Down by the riverside. I'm gonna study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study war no more. Well, ain't gonna study war no more. Well, ain't gonna study. Come on, y'all. Well, ain't gonna study war no more. Well, ain't gonna study war no more. Well, I'm gonna lay down my burdens. Down by, down by, down by, I'm on a lay down my burdens. Down by, I'm on study war no more. Come on, praise team. Well, ain't gonna study. Well, I ain't gonna study. Well, I ain't gonna study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study. No, I ain't gonna study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study the war no more. One more time. Well, I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield down by, down by, down by. I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield down by. I'm gonna study war no more well I ain't gonna study no I ain't gonna study war no more well I ain't gonna study war no more well I ain't gonna study well I ain't gonna study war no more well I ain't gonna study he war no more. God bless you.